Welcome to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. This podcast is a safe place to connect with other NICU moms by listening to interviews with trauma-informed medical and maternal mental health experts, remarkable stories from the NICU, and intentional roundtable conversations. Our hope is that you feel like you're sitting across the table from another NICU sister and feel seen and validated in your experience. No matter where you are on your healing journey, this podcast is here to remind you that you are not alone. Welcome to the Sisterhood. Hi, beautiful mamas. Welcome back to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. Aisha, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's been beautiful. We're in the Midwest, so it's been very nice weather. We've been really enjoying some like spring days. So that's been really lovely. Good. I love it. Well, mamas, we have a very special treat today. It honestly, I'm surprised we haven't shared this part of Asia's story yet. We were actually laughing about the fact that like we've shared half of her motherhood story and glimmers of her motherhood story on roundtable episodes, but we haven't had the chance to hear her NICU journey with the one and only Ava. And so Guys, buckle up. This episode is so good. Aisha, I'm so excited to share your story and also give our listeners a chance to get to know you better, especially as you are now the official co-host of the podcast. So I'm so excited. How are you feeling? I am so pumped. I love talking about Ava. She is my, (laughs) I mean, I could talk about her all day. So this is a treat for me to be able to share her remarkable story. I am such a firm believer of like verbal processing. And so like sharing her story has been healing for me in so many ways. I'm so pumped. I You came up to Fargo for our large fundraising event in past November. And I remember we were sitting over bagels and I was like, wait, there's so many parts of your story that I don't know. And so even though we've been friends for so many years now, it was really special to hear more of the intimate details of your story. And so I'm really excited to share those today. And Ava has a birthday coming up. So this is also like a little bit of an anniversary season for you. It totally is. She's going to be four years old in a few weeks. What in the world? It's wild. And the difference from like three to four is so crazy I'm it's like she's a totally different person she's matured so much when I'm talking to her I'm like who am I talking to so I'm really (laughs) excited for four and yes anniversary season I have been feeling it in my body you know it's it's Mm -hmm. been crazy because we talk about it all the time about how as um, certain dates approach you just kind of get like this overwhelming feeling um it kind of brings you back i definitely have been feeling it in like where my incision is it's just it all comes back yeah for sure well and if you haven't heard aisha's part one with her son enzo we will definitely link that in the show notes as well because aisha your story is remarkable for Mm -hmm. so many reasons but it doesn't come without loss and there was almost this like previous chapter where you became a mom and then came home with empty arms and then the courage to try again and try for Ava and then navigate the NICU. And so your story just always will blow me away and always just like I have such a reverence for it because I see the courage embedded through every single aspect of it. And so to all of our lost mamas too, you know, I know that Asia's story today will bring immense amounts of hope and we'll make sure to link that first episode because truly the way that you honor his life and share him with us and just really the way that you became a mother, I just, I will forever be in awe of it. And so I'm so grateful and excited to hear kind of part two of when, you know, this whole journey began. And so I do feel like maybe to begin, let's just chat a little bit. So we did a roundtable episode with Martha a while back, just talking about like pregnancy after loss. And so maybe let's start there a little bit of you know, when you and Andy were like, okay, let's, let's try for another baby. You know, how were you feeling in that moment? And what was it like to like become pregnant again? Well, uh, I think I, I did touch on it, um, in that round table, but, um, when you have a loss and you don't bring a baby home, um, there is such a void really, um, 
you just kind of you really wish to have a baby. You, I mean, your body is still even yeah. doing the things that you would do if you had a baby. And so there's just so many layers to it. But um, the big like resounding voice in your head is like, where is this baby that I'm supposed to be caring for and nurturing and loving and, and raising? And so um, I knew that I wanted to try again. It was a, a long process of healing too, because I think a big part of um, making that decision is making sure that your motivation isn't um, to replace the loss that you have. Mm -hmm. And um, so, uh, yeah, it was, it was a year that we found out we were pregnant with Ava. Um, to the date, I think, um, you know, Enzo was born October 13th of 2018 and October 2nd of 2019, I found out I was pregnant. And I remember <laughs> I was texting my best friend and I was telling her, I, you know, I'm, I'm late by like a few days and I really have this feeling that I'm pregnant. And usually, you know, mm. they say like, wait two weeks from your missed period before you like get any pregnancy tests because, you know, a few days late can, you know, doesn't mean you're mm -hmm. pregnant. And so I just remember telling her like, I just have this feeling that I'm pregnant right now, but I'll wait. I'm going to wait two weeks because I don't want to jinx it. I don't want, you know, and she's like, no, 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 go to the pharmacy, go get a test. Like do this. Let's see. And so I did. I went to the pharmacy. I didn't tell Andy. And I remember like <laughs> peeing on the stick. She's like on the phone with me. And I see like a very fine like two lines. And I don't know why I always get the old school pregnancy mm -hmm. test. Maybe because it's cheaper. <laughs> but I always, <laughs> I always get the old school. And I remember being like, darn it. I What is, is you know, I can't tell if this is like a, a positive test and so I took another one and again it was like mm -hmm. very faint but there was two lines and I was like okay, I I I'm pregnant um and it was mm -hmm. just immediately joy overcame and I was so grateful for the little baby that was growing inside me um and Mm -hmm. that night I told Andy and we just kind of sat in that like realization that we're going to do this again and you know it's it, it's happening um yeah and there wasn't much talk about it before uh and so a lot of the processing the pregnancy second pregnancy was as it was happening um and that was difficult mm -hmm. too because once the excitement fades yeah the fear uh, starts to kind of bubble up and especially after the first appointment um, where your OB is kind of telling you that the risks are higher for another preterm labor. Um, and so your bubble of baby bliss kind of gets burst pretty early on and and reality sinks in and, and then you have to kind of sit with that and and know that it is uncertain and you don't have control over what is going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that's a really hard thing to sit with and, and to accept. Yep. Uh, so, so yeah, having a pregnancy after loss is it's like walking on eggshells the entire time. You're more aware of your body. You're more aware of every little feeling you have your doctor on speed dial. Cause you're like any little thing that feels wrong or off. You're just on high alert the entire time. Um, and then also feeling extremely aware of like, I need to be calm because I know that my stress also is affecting baby right now. And so I need to also like find ways to like meditate and calm my body and my nervous system. And so it's like this juxtaposition of like, you're just your body is responding from trauma and you're also trying to like find ways to cope. Yeah, it, it's just very it's hard. It's, it was a hard pregnancy. 
but sprinkled with joy because, yeah. you know, you you're also very much aware of the blessing that it is to be able to get pregnant again. You're aware of how incredibly miraculous it is to carry a baby. And I think the first time around, we were kind of naive. And then the second time around, we we're just so aware of how crazy it is to even get pregnant, how like everything is just, it has to be aligned so perfectly for everything to go well. And so you're just so much more aware of that. And it makes everything heightened and like the hard and the beautiful. So. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and I didn't realize that you found out you were pregnant so close to like when he was born, you said, yes. right? Yep. And so I can imagine too that that would be unique because you're like in that anniversary season mm -hmm. while also in like celebrating this new upcoming season and like those that collision would be like a lot to process and navigate and just like yeah like you said go into a pregnancy knowing like okay this is a risk we're grateful like we're ultimately so excited and also like we're still grieving mm -hmm. what we just endured like that would be that would be a lot to process it was and it was our first anniversary right yeah so um it would have been his first birthday so we were we were definitely navigating a lot yeah. and our hearts were just cracked open and yeah, and so celebrating Enzo and honoring his life I always wanted it to be so intentional it made it so it's so special um to be able to celebrate both our babies um so closely together oh my goodness that's so beautiful I just think like I see it as like him being like go get on it Ava like you know like passing a baton almost you know like go I don't know it is no I think that you're so right because um you know I do think that in a way our babies choose us too and mm -hmm. so it's uh I don't think that it is I don't see it as a coincidence really uh and I truly believe that it was divinely planned this way where mm -hmm. I think you know, Enzo and Ava's life are so uh, intricately like connected. And I think that she carries a piece of him in her life. And so, you know, there's even science that backs it, like how each pregnancy we pass the life of, of the cells of our previous babies into the, our, like, the next pregnancy. And so there is a connection between both yeah. of them. And, um, mm. And it's just really, really incredible to think about that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. Um, so then going kind of back to, you know, you find out you're pregnant. Your OB you mentioned was kind of like, congratulations. And also, we need to monitor you really closely. So what did your pregnancy look like as far as like a medical? Were you getting can you know consistent check-ins I mean what how are they kind of mapping out your pregnancy for you yeah so they it, it was definitely considered from the beginning a high-risk pregnancy um so uh, I was sent to a high-risk doctor um I think maybe after my second appointment mm -hmm. um so my first one was just kind of confirming pregnancy and checking on like vitals and having that conversation of like, we're going to have to come up with a plan so that we are uh, just watching you and making sure the reason why I went into preterm labor with Enzo was unclear. So they were kind of just like, we're just going to have to kind of play it by ear and check. And so one of the theories was that my cervix was incompetent. So they wanted to do cervical checks. Um, so we started doing that pretty much right away, uh, just checking the length of my cervix every other week. Um, I was put on, uh, was it progesterone? I think mm -hmm. it was progesterone. And so I started 
do inserting that and mm-hmm. taking that uh, pretty early on and um, just getting, yeah, I was, I was in the, it's like, mixed feelings because you you get to see your baby a lot more (laughs) yeah um you know I remember with Enzo like after that first appointment I'm like well I have to wait like four weeks until (laughs) I see him again like that's crazy Mm -hmm. and so this time it was like every two weeks we were in uh the doctor's office checking on Ava checking my cervical Mm -hmm. and um and everything was it was checking out Mm -hmm. And she looked great. She was growing beautifully. My cervix was long. It wasn't like shortening or anything. Mm-hmm. There were no signs of preterm labor. Um, and I remember at my 20, so Enzo was born at 24 weeks. And at my 24-week checkup, I went to the high-risk doctor. We did a very extensive ultrasound and check. And everything was looking great. And I left that day with like doctor's orders to enjoy the rest of my pregnancy. Wow. Because everything looked great. You had like hit that big milestone that I'm sure was mm-hmm. like always like, okay, we got to get to this. We got to get to this. And past 24, you know. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. So we met that. And I remember just like such a weight. Yeah. Being lifted off my shoulders and saying like, I can't wait to just relax now and enjoy like this baby and every little moment being pregnant with her yeah and then um I woke up one Saturday morning having some cramping Mm. and I remember being like okay this is scary (laughs) the cramping was mostly in the morning when I had woken up so I just drank water and kind of stayed laying and relaxed and rested and then we went to the dentist and then I went to my parents' house uh, and Andy and my little brother were playing basketball. <laughs> it was a beautiful uh, day and I was just watching them and the cramping kept like coming. It was in waves. And so I'm like, ah, you know, you start getting like a little bit anxious and yeah. and I didn't want to scare anyone. Uh, so I was trying to like really in that moment, I was like triaging myself like, yeah. Is this something that I have to say? Will it pass? Um, and I just, I knew better to to keep quiet. Um, and so I, I told Andy, like, I want to call. It was Saturday. Yeah. So I want I was want to call the on-call doctor. I want to just kind of check in and see what I should do. And mm-hmm. um, by the time I called, I had to wait for a call back. I was kind of laying on my side, trying to just drink water. And uh, it was almost like a life flipped on and then I was like in excruciating pain yeah and so Andy immediately knew something was not right when I was telling him like this really hurts yeah and so he said let's just go like let's not wait anymore let's just start driving and that is like from that moment on like the series of events that happened I see it as like divine intervention after divine intervention because Everything happened so quickly after mm-hmm. that moment. Um, that one wrong term could have made a huge impact in the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we were on our way to the hospital that we delivered Enzo in because they have a level four NICU. And as we were on our way, like right before the turn, before we could like turn around, I get a call from my doctor and she says, come straight to the ER that's closest to you where I'm at. I want to get you checked out. And if we need to transfer you, we'll transfer you in an ambulance, but come here. Don't go straight there. And so I like literally as she's telling me that I'm like, turn, turn, turn. So he turns around and we get to the um, ER. We got there. They were starting to, like, put all the monitors on to check on everything um, and asking me, like, from 1 to 10, like, what is your pain right now? And I was like, there's no number. It's it's incredible. You can't even, like, brush your finger mm-hmm. over my belly. It is in, I am in so much pain. Um, yeah. And at that moment, the doctor who was around when Enzo was delivered walks in and he I felt like he was an angel in that moment and he just walks in he wasn't supposed to be there he walks in and he says we're taking you back you need to get the baby out right now like we're we're, you're having your baby girl right now and so (laughs) it was just it was so fast um Mm -hmm. 
and so different from going through that with Enzo that it just felt so like a whirlwind. Um, you would think that, okay, like I've been through this real and it was scratch that. Like this is totally different. It's not at all the same. Because was Enzo's emergence like Ava's? With Enzo, um, I was in the hospital five days before he was born. Oh, right. Okay. And so even down to like with Enzo, I was awake during delivery. Oh. Um, it was an emergency C-section, but I was able, like I was conscious. Sure. Yeah. With with Ava, I'm like, I'm rolling away, yeah. signing the papers. I, yeah. That who knows what the papers say. Yeah. And Andy is like in the room and I just look at him and. We don't even have words no. to say, like, Mm-mm. what do you say to each other? And so I'm being wheeled away. We don't say a word to each other. We just lock eyes. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, I'm in the OR and the anesthesiologist comes in who also wasn't supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. And he says, all right, I'm going to count to, you know, backwards from 10. And, and I was like, wait, 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 I'm not going to be awake. Like, I didn't even realize even that I wasn't going to be yeah. awake for that. And they're like, no, honey, we need to get in right now. And so they like knocked me out. I'm unconscious. And the next thing I know, I'm awake in the recovery room. Mm-hmm. And it's impossible to explain the feeling of waking up and time being like erased almost. Like yeah. you don't even know what happened. Um, and my first thought is, is she alive? Did she make it? Um, and you know, I'm my mom's in the room. My you know, Andy's in the room, and they're like, she's she's alive. She she's alive. And then, uh, just like sobbing, um, in pain, so foggy from like mm-hmm. anesthesia, and in comes in this giant like transformers (laughs) incubator with little Ava inside of it so they brought her to you they said we wanted you to see her before we transferred her to the NICU oh my gosh so they roll her in and I just start talking hi baby hi baby I'm right here and the paramedic is like she's moving she's moving (laughs) And I'm like, just my heart is bursting because I'm yeah. like, any any reassurance that she is okay, that she is, yeah, yeah, that she hears my voice. You just want yeah. to immediately, yeah, comfort your baby, yeah. Um, and so I'm still grateful for that paramedic yeah. for saying that because yeah. that's like a memory that's just like in my brain, yeah. That you know, as soon as she heard my voice, she moved, so she knows yeah, me. She knew, yeah. And so and they whisked her away and she got, well, you know, she, she got transferred and I had to recover. And Oof, that is always yeah. the worst part. Yes. Because <laughs> I'm, we're not even in the same hospital at this point. So, oh. you know, you go from, you know, with Enzo, he was born, it, we, we were at the hospital with the NICU. So he just was moved down a couple floors to the NICU and, um, so I knew from that time, like, okay, where's the pump? Yeah. Somebody right. get pump. Right. Hook me up. Yeah. What do I need to start doing to like go into to to mother mode of just like I know what I can do and mm-hmm. I can pump and I can recover and I can get myself ready to like prove to these people that I can be discharged and mm-hmm. go see my baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was I want to say it was 48 hours before I was released. Mm-hmm. Um, and the day that I left the hospital, um, it was very reminiscent of leaving the hospital without Enzo. Mm. Because you're still leaving in a wheelchair mm. to the car. And again, I didn't have my baby in my arms. Mm-hmm. And I remember being brought down and being parked right next to another mom with her little baby Ugh. and holding back tears trying to be strong and say like okay I'm going to see my baby okay. this is different mm-hmm. I'm not going home I'm going to see my baby and so um Andy picked me up 
and it was 45 minutes away. So we drove straight to oh, the NICU. A long drive. It was a long drive. And the entire drive, we're just in silence. Yeah. Like we, there are no, again, there's just no words. You, you have one thing on your mind mm-hmm. and it's like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to, um, you just, you don't even know. You have no idea. No, no. Um, no what you're going to do. And so just drive in silence. Um, the feeling of excitement to see your baby still is there. You're still, I was still so excited to see her. Andy had been with her. And so he had sent pictures and so, and videos. And so I'd seen her through that. And I remember getting wheeled up to like the entrance. And for some reason, I feel like they were asking me like, who are you here to visit or something like that, like checking in. And I remember just saying like, I'm the mom and just like fall, like instantly mm-hmm. just falling. And the receptionist kind of just like, go ahead, go, 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 like hurry up, go inside. And like, we'll figure this out later. Just, just go. And so, and rolling up to her, her little, um, her little, Isolette mm-hmm. right next to where Enzo was when he oh. was born. And it's just like it all floods back so fast. Mm-hmm. And I remember pulling up to her little Isolette and looking at her and thinking, she looks so much bigger in the pictures. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, so just like the the reality of like she still is this tiny tiny little baby that's supposed to be in your tummy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be growing inside of you. It is both heartbreaking, but also as we were in the NICU, I remember thinking several times like, "Oh, you get to see how they develop. Yeah, you get to yeah. like." Something that you don't get to see when they're in your belly, you get to actually witness mm-hmm. them getting stronger and growing, gaining weight. And again, very heartbreaking scene, but also mm-hmm. a front row seat yeah. to, to a miracle. Mir- yeah, very miraculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, friend. I'm just a mess over here. I should have worn waterproof mascara for today. I know better than this. Oh, I just, it's like you said, like you're sitting in that silence with your partner and you're just like, I know we have a lot to talk about, but not right now. Like, I know we have a lot to process. Like, what did we just, like, what just happened? Like, and you just kind of have to push that down for a hot second and be like, okay, I know we have this to talk through and process, but like that ain't happening right now. Like, And there's just like that sitting in silence and just like, okay, moving on. Like, I'll touch that Mm -hmm. later. I'll look at that later. Right now, all I care about is baby. And it's just, it's, it's just truly, I'm just in awe of mothers every day that, you know, like you wake up from surgery and you're just like, where's my baby? Like, I don't care about me. I don't care about my body. I don't care the fact that like, we just went both through like a major surgery and it was life-threatening for the both of us like I really just only care about my baby like it really just it goes to show just like the power of a mother's love and that we will go to like unending lengths to make sure that our baby is safe and okay and Mm -hmm. um I'm just in awe of you and just um yeah like you said the divine timing of each turn along the way to the hospital the moment you got the phone call you know it's just like all these things webbed through of just to Ava's arrival is truly um, just miraculous, like you said. And, you know, as a, also a preemie mom, it's that duality of like heartbreak and like miracle together of like, and I think we can sometimes feel shame for feeling that because of course, at the end of the day, we'd rather them be inside. Like if we had to choose, like, yeah, please just, I'll keep them safe here. I'd rather them not have to be hooked up to wires and machines helping them live. And at the same time, it is this like, whoa, like I, you do get this front row seat into like every intricacy of their bodies forming and just, it's, it's beautiful. And then like, 
a, a bunch of other people also get to see that, right? Like it's like not just you, it's it's other family members and nurses and staff that quite literally get to watch your baby grow and become the baby that they are today. It's it's really hard to explain that feeling. It is. It is so true. But it, it was kind of really cool to see. Yeah, right. You know, there are things that you'd be like, whoa. It just yeah. makes it makes you also just so much more in awe of uh your little two pound baby who is fighting so hard and you just are filled with so much pride. Yeah. Because you're yeah. just like, you are rocking. You are you are doing something you're not supposed to be doing and you are yeah. doing it. Yeah. There really are no words. It's just I don't know how like I'm in awe of like NICU professionals that do it every day. I'm like, you have a close job. <laughs> it's incredible. You get to it's watch incredible. these babies every single day. Um, and so, so you get to visit her, you get to see her and meet her and that kind of kicks off your NICU journey. And so mm-hmm. Ava was born at 26 weeks. So what were some of her triumphs in the NICU? What were some of her hurdles that she experienced? You know, um, did you commute to your hospital? Was it like your local NICU? You know, walk us through just kind of what your day to day looked like. Well, Ava was born March 7th, 2020. Ooh. And if you recall, uh, about two weeks after that, the world shut down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Quite literally. Yep. But we lived 35 minutes away from the NICU where Ava was at. And the first two weeks, we were able to basically just kind of, it was sh- a shared room. Mm-hmm. So there were... I believe there were like nine incubator or nine isolates um, in the room. And there were quite a few uh, babies in, in Ava's pod. Uh, but I remember being able to stay 24 hours, mm-hmm. no restrictions. We could just stay as long as we wanted. Yeah. Me and Andy could go in together. My in-laws uh, flew in from California to meet her. And my parents were in town and they met her. Mm-hmm. And then the first set of restrictions came which was only parents allowed to visit so you know luckily both grandparents were able to come in see her mm-hmm. and then that was shut down and then we'd kept getting like visits from the coordinator saying like we're still figuring out like what it is going to happen but things might be changing so just want to give you a warning like we're just yeah. trying to do what's best for the babies and so you know, we'll keep you posted. And then um, the news came that we would only be able to visit Ava uh, one at a time. So we wouldn't be able to go in together anymore. And we would be restricted in time as well because they wanted to give every parent in the pod an opportunity, an equal opportunity to spend time with their baby. So that um, turned out being um, two hours each in the day. Um, I remember our nurse was like we were able to continue to be with Ava that day for the rest of the day as we wanted and then as we were getting ready to leave she said do you want me to take a picture of all three of you together because this is going to be the last time that you guys are going to be together and I was like so shout out to the nurses who think about everything literally Literally. that (laughs) hadn't crossed my mind yeah so we have our little family picture it was like the day Ava had gone her CPAP so she was in her little isolate We were kind of like awkwardly standing behind her, (laughs) smiling. And um, and then we left. And then our routine was we would wake up in the morning and we would drive so that Andy could or Andy or I could do um, the 9 a.m. rounds. Mm -hmm. So we would drive. One of us would have to stay literally in the parking lot because we couldn't even go into the hospital. (sighs) So we would park. We would, you know, one would go up and be with Ava for two hours and then we would switch off. And then I would get to whoever was in second would get to also be part of because we were on like every three hours for rounds. And so we timed it where each were present for one set of rounds and doing all the the, you know, diaper change and temperature and all that kind of fun fun stuff that we get to do because yeah, yeah. it really was in that time that's what you look forward to yeah like I just want to yeah. do like a what does a mom do like changes diapers yeah and yeah so 
um, we just we really did. We looked forward to be able to doing such a simple task that, mm-hmm. you know, so often you hear people complaining about like who's going to do the most <laughs> in the baby showers. You hear like, who's going to change the most diapers, mom or dad? And it's kind of like this joke. And we're gladly I would change yeah, all the like diapers, you know, like, change up. like, no, I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do it. So, yeah. so yeah, that became our little routine for the next 82 days while Ava was in the, in the NICU. Um, and then we would go home and we'd have a full day because mm-hmm. he wasn't going into work. I wasn't working and we just, it was, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You can't go be with your baby. She's yeah. all that's in your mind. And nothing else you can't distract yourself with like anything else because nothing was open yeah right so we would just sit in our little apartment and i would call like every 20 minutes how's (laughs) how's everything good and um and so just it was a a process of finding a rhythm at home too yeah and finding ways to to be with each other and strengthen our relationship through it all process mm-hmm. a lot of what was going on and and Ava's NICU stay was pretty uneventful for the most part she had um a little bit she had one incident during her NICU stay where she got an infection and it was a pretty scary um and and her it's so crazy because through it all again Enzo's life was so it wasn't like she was born and now Enzo was back of my mind. They were equally like taking up the same amount of space in, in my, in my mind and heart. And, and, you know, it it is like when you have multiple children and I can imagine so many NICU moms who had kids at home and the feeling of how do you navigate that? Like it was very similar for me too. I did. I felt like he was, so present in my mind through it all because of all the similarities yeah yeah um because you're also wondering what it would have been like if he had um survived and been in the NICU um and the day that she was really really sick I went in and it was so evident that she wasn't doing okay she was just so still and um you know, she that day she had had like a final tap and just so many invasive procedures to like try to figure out the root of why she was not responding well. And and I'm sitting there holding her little hand and I remember noticing, oh, I'm not the only one in here. And I was like, that's weird. We're, you know, there's not allowed to be with other people in this room and so as I'm listening dividers are going up and I start listening to a conversation that I knew very well Mm -hmm. and then the the family that was in the I saw it next to us where Enzo was was receiving the very same news that we had to receive Mm -hmm. and I remember listening to the mom and what came out of her, the sound that comes out of a mom when she's being told that her baby is not going to make it. And so I remember being there and looking at my baby and thinking, how can I be there for that mom, right? And... I think it was like the first time that I realized that we could use our pain to help others navigate theirs. Because I knew exactly what she was feeling. Yeah. And so, again, it was just a reminder that Enzo's life, even though it was so short, the impact of his life is going to continue on mm-hmm. for the rest of my life. And um, and so I 
I just remember talking to a nurse and saying, can I write her a letter? Can I, you know, I, I, I just want her to know that she's not alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't possible um, because of just the, you know, HIPAA laws and, and everything. But, but I just remember uh, what I would have given to be able to connect with her. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so um, Ava recovered and the rest of our stay was really just hoping that she would continue to develop and um, get stronger. And um, I think our biggest challenge was feeding. And, um, and we did end up coming home uh, from the NICU with an NG tube because um, she, she was aspirating. And so they just didn't feel like it was safe to continue to, to try um, any oral feeds. So mm-hmm. they asked us if we were comfortable with going home with a feeding tube. And we said, yeah. And yeah. then you know, we learned how to do that. <laughs> and it came nurses overnight. <laughs> yeah, we, we totally did. And um, man, it, if you, you know, looking back at, at us as new parents, the things that you learn how to do. Truly. Uh, my mother-in-law, when she came to visit us once we were home, she said, you guys are pros. Like, <laughs> I remember being a first-time mom and not knowing what the heck I was doing. I'm like, and you guys know, it's just, yeah, you have to learn. You I mean, yeah. we, we've been trained to do yeah. this. Yeah. So we would just like, she would just look at us in awe because we just had our, we, we, we knew how, what we were doing. We knew the cues. We you know, like schedule. And she's just like, I am blown away by <laughs> how well you know how to do yeah. this. Yeah. So, so yeah. So miraculous. It is like one of those things where you're like, you're like coming home looks so different than what you envision coming home with your, you know, it's like, okay, I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom, I'm a Nikki mom, I'm a medical mom. And like, then you get launched into the, the after of just endless appointments and checkups and things like that. And it just, you're so grateful to be home. And you're also like, whoa, okay, again, I'll deal with what just happened later. I now am like, okay, we don't have the support of nurses anymore. We're just here we are. Um, And so I, I did want to come back to one thing is, you know, how did it feel for you and Andy to leave the hospital with a baby and to be the ones walking out of the hospital with a car seat? You know, like, what was that like for you guys? It was blissful. A few days before we were going to be coming home, I knew, like, that they sing a little song when you're leaving because I had heard other, like, yeah. neighbors been discharged before us. And so I was like, just looking forward to like they're gonna sing us our little song yeah and we're gonna bring out and our nurse makes like these little graduation caps for Nikki <laughs> yeah. you know she had already brought that and yeah so there was this bubbling excitement of like we're we're going home of course we like to make things complicated and so we were actually moving <laughs> oh god <apartment. laughs> the nope, same day nope. that we were discharged oh my god so at home, we were very much occupied with like moving our apartments, yeah, and picking everything up. Um, and um, I like decorated our car with like Nikki grad, yeah, signs all over, <laughs> and you know, I just wanted people to know like we yeah. are coming home, yeah. And so, uh, it was really special to to to, to finally like be holding my little stroller she's in it and we're we're rolling out you know yeah, and yeah. and the emotional like your family is the NICU nurses that yeah. have taken care of you and your baby while you've been in the NICU and so the emotions of saying goodbye to them and thanking them mm-hmm. and you know knowing like they're always there adding them on Facebook yeah. and yes. like we're gonna keep in touch and yeah. Uh, we want to know how Ava does. And yeah. so it, it's just a, a very emotional, exciting um, day. And we yeah. came home to a, an empty apartment. <laughs> we still have one more night at our old apartment. And 
we did not sleep that night. We yeah. just watched Diva all yeah. night. Yeah. And I remember whispering to Andy, like, are you asleep? And he'd say, no. <laughs> and I'd be like, me neither. And we would just watch her. And yeah. I think it was a mixture of just like, is this really like real life? And so scared of, oh my gosh, like, what if she stopped breathing? So yeah. it's like this yeah. mix again. Like, we just, our journey was just such a mix of both like anxiety and fear and heartbreak and also joy and beauty and awe and wonder it, it's just we have i would say that's almost like the biggest lesson for us is just yeah the, they, they can coexist like that's that's how we were existing for the last 82 days yeah um was living in both of those tensions so wild oh i did not know you guys were moving as if things weren't complicated enough. I know. Like, Let's Why not add, add another layer? At, at uh, this point. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I can just imagine how that felt to be leaving the hospital. And I'm so glad that you allowed yourself to celebrate and to really just make it special and memorable. And I think sometimes as Nikki moms, we're scared to like, quote, jinx it or be like, oh, am I being too excited? Am I being too? And so I'm just so glad that you just allowed yourself to just revel in that moment and just really mm -hmm. feel it and celebrate it and bring others in with you on that and that first night yeah you don't sleep you're just like you're just waiting and watching and like I remember touching Silas's chest like every five seconds I'm like okay we're good <laughs> yes well wow okay it's so hard to know like how to close out an episode like this because I have so many questions and I feel like these stories could be four parts long because it's like the pregnancy, the delivery, the NICU stay, the at home, and now she's going to be four. And it's like those could be four episodes alone. But maybe as a closing, I'd love to just hear from you of, you know, your four years out from your experience. And Ava is a wonder. She is just, I love her so much. I had the chance to meet her this past summer and she's really remarkable. I was just like staring at her. She's just so curious about the world and you guys just have this special special connection it's just evident it's palpable like the two of you and you and andy i mean the three of you together are just like truly a unit it's so miraculous to see up close um but i wonder you know you've had these four years to heal and just process your experience more fully and in depth and so you know what encouragement and hope would you give to NICU mothers who either are A, um, pregnant after loss or a previous premature delivery, and B, just like, you know, what hope do you give to be, you know, four years out from the whole experience? Mm. Well, I always say that Enzo gave us a new perspective in life with yeah. his life, yeah. and Ava is teaching us how to walk gracefully in it. Oh, I love that. She is truly like you said our, our greatest teacher yeah. at this moment in life um and it's just such an honor to 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 watch her grow and become yeah. the little young lady that she is becoming um but really what i would encourage um any mama walking through a similar journey is to like ava be curious and yeah. allow yourself to be open to the moment at hand and to never stop noticing those little fragments that are always around us that are teaching us that are showing us a new way mm -hmm. I think I said this with Enzo is sometimes you want to walk around with your hands clenched closed because you don't want to risk losing anything and you're so scared and so you just yeah. walk around with with fists and and you build up a lot of anger and and resentment and and those are all such natural responses mm -hmm. so a be gentle with yourself and don't feel bad if that's where you are right now in life yeah. if yeah. that if you're walking around and you have your fists clenched closed don't be mad at yourself or don't feel bad about that because that's yeah. so natural it is yeah. we are human that is so natural 
But I hope and my hope for you is that one day you can start to loosen that grip and invite life back into your your life because there is just so much to live. And and that's what we've been learning to do is just to to accept and embrace the life that we are given and and make it worthwhile because we're only here for so long. So like we want to make it. (laughs) Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, that's the ending. (laughs) Done. (laughs) I mean, that is, is, I mean, (laughs) mamas, we leave you with that. Like Mm -hmm. Aisha summed it up so beautifully of just like, A, there's no shame if that's where you are in your healing journey and B, there is hope to be able to feel that life again. And, mm-hmm. um, that's our, that's our close. I have nothing to say. Yep. That's it. Well, that's the one. Well, sending, sending so much love to all the Nikki mamas out there who are listening. You are not alone. And yeah, it's, it's an honor and privilege to be able to share our journey with you. And I hope that you feel seen in it. Absolutely. Well, mamas, we love and you so much. And thank you for the space. Oh, girl. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing your story. And I've it's just an honor to call you friend and to hear the miraculous stories of both of your babies. And to all of our last mamas listening, know that we honor your babies as well. I hope that is so evident throughout this episode of that they will never be forgotten. Their lives are forever embedded into you and your motherhood story and we are committed to honoring and celebrating them and um, to all of our mamas who resonate with pieces of Aisha's story just know that there is hope and that like Aisha said you are not alone and so we love you so much we um, are just so honored to share this space with you we will be back next week but um, we hope that you can care for your heart after this episode and really just revel in how remarkable of a mother you are and how special you are to this community so Love you, mamas. We'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Dear NICU Mama podcast. If you loved this episode, we'd be so grateful for a review. For more ways to connect with the Dear NICU Mama sisterhood, check out the links in the episode description. 